to this day, I still feel like I failed my daughter. Um, I failed her, and but I did, I did the right thing for her. You grow up as a little girl thinking, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have the baby and, you know, I'm going to have, be a little housewife and, and do the child rearing. And, and my life did not turn out that way at all, either did my pregnancy. Nothing about my pregnancy was normal. Everything was heightened and traumatic, like it was an out-of-body experience. I was with my high school sweetheart and we were not exactly living a desirable life. I was a methamphetamine addict. The father of my child and I, we didn't like each other too much. There was a lot of violence and arguments. And as I look back, I know the day that I conceived my daughter. I did not, however, know that I was pregnant until I was four months pregnant. I did have the morning sickness. I did have the cravings. I had the exhaustion. My drug use actually cut down because I didn't feel good and I was sleeping a lot. And four months later, I felt a little flutter in my, in my tummy. And I thought, either my kidneys are falling out or I am pregnant. So I did a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. My boyfriend, he abandoned me. He just never came home. So my parents came and got me from my apartment. I did not want to leave my apartment because I knew it was going to be painful. I knew I was going to be by myself. I mean, I was—I had people around me, but I was very much alone. I remember sitting outside. I remember smoking cigarettes. Um, I had gotten sober at that point. It was sad. It was a very sad time in my life. It was a very disappointing time in my life because I had disappointed my parents. I was an unwed mother. I was getting sober, and I was scared. My baby's father left, so I was very alone. It was one of the most um, alone times of my life. I think that was the most alone time of my life ever. I was in my own little cocoon, my own little world. It's like the whole world was spinning, kept rotating, and mine didn't. Mine was stopped. It wasn't a great thing like, oh, Tara's sober. It was, um, it was one of those things where everyone pretended like it never happened. It, the feeling was terrifying that I was actually going to be a mother. None of my friends had ever had a baby, so I was like the first one. This was like uncharted territory for me. I had no idea how involved that was or that meant or it was going to be. I wanted to find out the sex of the baby so that I could you know, start preparing a little bit for her. But the, still, the reality that I was really pregnant wasn't real. It still wasn't real. I was buying pink clothes and little things here and there, but it was not real to me that I was actually going to be a mother. And I wasn't showing, so it really wasn't real to me. I would just feel a flutter here and there. 
And that was it. Just a little flutter. And I, I, I would feel her go back and forth a little bit. I probably gained about 17, 20 pounds, but you could not tell I was pregnant at all. I was so used to being in this really tiny, thin, emaciated body that I was afraid to be heavy. And I actually wanted her out of me as soon as possible because I, I, the whole time I was pregnant, I had this fear of being huge. That was more real to me than anything. And I did not go to full-term pregnancy. I had my daughter two and a half months after I found out I was pregnant. When I realized I was having, having the baby, I didn't know I was having the baby. I woke up at 1.30 in the morning because I felt like I had um, wet the bed. And I turned on the light and there was blood everywhere. So I had what they call an abruption. It's where the um, placenta tears away from the, the uterus. So I actually very quietly, my parents were in the bedroom across the hall. I said, mom, get up. There's something wrong. And I said it very quietly. And she, she was very high. Everyone was very hypersensitive to me. And so she actually woke up and bolted across the hallway. I can't even believe she heard me. And the medics, the paramedics were in my room and they were, they were trying to get the, the gurney down the hallway and medics said, we don't have time for this. So he just wrapped a blanket around me, picked me up. All of a sudden there's a helicopter landing in the middle of our street because they had to air vac me from Mesa to Phoenix. So they put me in the helicopter and we started taking off. You know, they had me, the heart monitors and stuff and everything on me and her heart rate was perfect the entire time. I, however, was hemorrhaging pretty much to death. So, and it never really registered with me, but I knew down deep in my heart that I was not going to die that day. I knew that I was going to be okay. And that was probably the most okay I felt through the entire pregnancy. We landed and they rushed me into a room. They had elevated my feet. So I remember watching the Flintstones on TV through my toes. My mother was very emotional, very upset. She's like, she thought I was going to die. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not going to die. The other part of me thought, this is going to be the hardest thing that you've ever done in your entire life. The doctor, they called in a specialist and he said, we are going to um, have a baby. He said, because there is a seven minute time period where you can go from alive to dead, where I cannot bring you back. So I was numb from my waist down and there was a mirror on the ceiling and they told me that I would feel some pressure. And then all of a sudden I saw this purple, they were holding this purple object. And I said, what is that? And they said, that is your uterus. That was when reality really started setting in. I was like, wow, that is my body part. And then they sliced that open and they started pulling out a baby. Here comes some little feet. Here's some little legs. Here comes a little bottom, cutest little bottom I've ever seen in my life, really. And they were twisting her around like she was stuck in there. And I'm like, I actually at one point said, I'm afraid you're going to pop her little head off. And the doctor said something to the effect of, we're just hoping she has lungs. And at that point, I, w I didn't even think about my body because all I knew it was purged. I wasn't going to be heavy. And I, that was a relief to me. I wasn't going to get fat. <laughs> Out of everything that had happened, I wasn't going to get fat. <laughs> Ironic. She came out, they pulled her out, and she was screaming and crying. Everyone was so excited. She had lungs. She had a full head of hair. She was absolutely perfectly pink, 
beautiful, healthy, three-pound baby. As soon as I could feel my my legs after the saddle block wore off, I was up in the um, ICU looking at her the, where the preemie babies were. I was just stunned. I thought she's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life, but I was terrified of her. Absolutely terrified. They were sending me home after three days and she would have to stay there. So I had to travel from Mesa to Phoenix to visit her. And at first I visited her and then after a while I stopped. I couldn't I couldn't handle it. I was scared of her. I didn't know what to do. She was a very complicated baby. She had to eat every two hours because she was a preemie. Um, my mother would actually go visit her more than I did. So therefore, my mother bonded with my daughter and I did not. I had all the emotions other than pure joy and bliss and oh, what, oh, what you're supposed to, you know, what they say that you're supposed to feel. Oh, motherhood is so beautiful and so, you know, it's such a content feeling and so they felt complete. And, you know, some women say that and I'm like, I did not feel that. I made a decision when my daughter was eight months old to give her up for adoption. My parents are actually the ones that adopted her. It was, it was a very strained relationship because I didn't want to give her up because I felt like I've, like I was failing again. This was the biggest fail. This is, this was the biggest failure in my life. Um, to this day, I still feel like I failed my daughter. Um, I failed her and, but I did, I did the right thing for her, but it took me eight long months to, to finally make the decision and say out loud, I can't do this and I don't want to do this. I don't have that motherly instinct, I guess. We went through the whole in court thing and that was the hardest thing I've ever had to say out loud in my entire life. I don't, I, I can't do this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. Take her. So, and then um, from eight months old till she was two, I did not see her. And it probably was better that I wasn't around because I was using drugs again. And I eventually got sober when she was two years old. But no one ever told her. She knew, though. She knew. And she told my mom when she was six. She said, I know Tara's my mama. But she knew. And I remember she would look at me when they would drive away. She would, they would come visit me. She would, I remember her little eyes would be peeking up over the, the passenger seat. She'd be in the back seat in her little car seat. And her little eyes would be looking at me. And she would look at me. And, she, and I, knew she, I knew she knew something. The way she looked at me, she would just look at me different. And today we have a wonderful relationship. However, the bond that my mother and my daughter have is much stronger than mine and my daughter's. I love her more than anything in this world, but I'm more maternal with my, my cats than I was with my daughter. So something happened or something didn't happen when I was pregnant. Something that happens to other women or doesn't happen to other women. I don't know. And I've, believe me, I've thought about it for years and years and years, you know, here and there. What element is it that I don't have? And what element is it that some women do have? but no one knows. There are a lot of, of women that have children that should not have children. I mean, you can see when parents shouldn't be parents, you know, but I can see it in women and it's, I can see how hard it is to say out loud. I know how hard it is to say out loud. I can't do this. 
I can't find it in me to want to do this. I can't. And I struggled with that for eight months. I mean, I literally sat up night after night after night trying to find it in me somewhere to raise this beautiful little baby girl. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the will to do it. And I felt so guilty and I felt so bad. But at the same time, it's the best thing that I could ever do for her. I still go through all these maternal feelings, and but, but, I don't, but I don't. So it was success and failure at the same time. Because the world, everyone thinks that it's like women have to become mothers. Some of us just aren't meant to be mothers and I did not want to ruin her. That's the beginning and the end of it all. I did not want to ruin her. And I knew if I kept her, I was going to resent her. I was going to damage her. I could just see it and I did not want to have that for her. I want her to have a beautiful life. And she did, she has a very beautiful life. I, I still almost can't make sense of it in a way. Rosalind Shipley, holding the space.